This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome back to another episode of Bass Fishing for Noobs here on the Paddle and Fin Podcast. I'm your host, Sean, and with yeah. me as always is Susie. Welcome back, That's Susie. right. What's up, everybody? Hope uh, everybody's having a good time. Uh, uh, kind of on a side note here, I don't know if uh, some of you have been following me on Facebook, but uh, I've been doing a uh, countdown to spring uh, thing since <laughs> uh, we've been 40 days out to uh, spring, and now we're down to Five, <laughs> and that so. those have been some uh, entertaining videos and photos, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, so. <laughs> right, you got to make it kind of, you got to make it interesting and uh, intriguing. And I, I was kind of surprised, but not surprised at the comments on my post yesterday. I posted the video <laughs> of me snagging the snake. And I mean, like everybody was just like, "Yep, nope, nope, nope." I just would have thrown the rod in the water and just called it a day. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, and then today, of course, is my uh, my alligator one too. So uh, if you haven't seen it, uh, it's a little bit of a treat. <laughs> Sounds like you're practicing for the multi-species tournament. I think you know. I, I mean, yeah, <laughs> could be. You know, yeah. Of course, that uh, that snake video is. Uh, gosh, I think that's like three years old, three or four years ago. God, I man, time is just like getting away from me. <laughs> what did you end up doing with that? Uh, so I just, I kind of wrapped it up in my net and just, it had actually kind of got stuck in one of the net holes. And so like when it did that, then I just kind of like, uh, put my catch board over the top of its head, got the hook out and then just kind of, you know, got him a little loose out of the net and back in the water he went. Nice. Nice. Yep. So yeah. Interesting, uh, interesting times for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well um for uh, as you folks know uh, we're we're kind of building up to our uh dale hollow open here and uh tonight's guest is uh no stranger to dale hollow um it's actually where i first met him and um he's been on the noob show uh a few times he's been on paddle and finn quite a few times uh as he's uh done rather well at, at tournaments you know here and there so i uh, just like to welcome Adam Reiser back to the Noob Show. So welcome back, Adam. 
Sean, Susie, good to be good to be talking to y'all again. Thanks for having me on. Uh, if we got to talk about Del Hollow, that's that's one of my favorite things to talk about. So uh, happy to all, be here and getting into it. All I remember uh, is uh, from my first trip to Del Hollow was that big, huge cabin we had, and then you were kind of holding court in the basement on a couch. I think we could have sold tickets to those couches oh, yeah. because. There's a little ping pong going on in the background, which was a little uh, distracting, but otherwise it's just a ton of guys sitting around just talking fishing. And uh, man, that was uh, some good conversation, but yeah, that whole house was just, I don't think there was anyone in here that wasn't having a good time. Well, it, at least for the time being fast forward a few hours later, maybe talk to a few individuals. They may have a different story, but at least there was a small period of time when everyone was enjoying it. Things. I'm guessing Ryan probably doesn't remember that very much either, so it's probably okay. Yeah, <laughs> as long as we do and can uh, remind him of it. That's oh, there's doing. video evidence, you know. There's no. <laughs> <need to remember. laughs> oh shoot! <laughs> but um, any for the folks who uh, for some reason wouldn't be familiar with you, which, uh, with anybody who's watched the show for any length of time, I can't imagine that they wouldn't. But uh, just let folks know who you are, kind of where you're from, and a quick uh, how you got into fishing and kayak fishing. Sure. Um, Adam Reiser. I'm here in the Nashville, Tennessee area. Um, I've basically done all my uh, kayak fishing, um, at least uh, tournaments and stuff here in the Nashville uh, areas where uh, I got into it. And now I've uh, hit the tournament trails nationally. been doing that for years now. Um, about I don't know, three years into uh, doing guiding. Um, I don't stay terribly busy with it, but that's just by choice. Um, I, I'd rather stay on the trails and then sprinkling guide trips in between. I really like my winter guide trips, too. Um, grew up in Alabama, spent my 20s in California, kind of uh, got away from surfing and uh, got into bass fishing and really just haven't looked back since. And uh, just been catching bass out of a kayak and I uh, haven't found anything that I like better doing, doing than that. So uh, that's, that's what I choose to occupy my, my free time with is uh, seeing if I can catch a bass wherever I go. Awesome. Awesome. I'm sure that's taking you to some pretty cool places too. Uh, you know, if you had to pick like a, a favorite or two, or where would you say you've had the most, uh, I don't know, the most fun or how, what the best way to term that is. But It's so fresh on my mind because I'm only two, two or three days removed from it. So this has got to be my answer. But um, we just wrapped up the Hobie Bass Open at Caddo Lake down in Shreveport, Louisiana. That lake is half in Texas, half in Louisiana. Um, it's the only natural lake in, in the state of Texas. It's just a giant cypress swamp. It looks like you've been transported back in time. Um, it's 10 out of a 10 scenery. I've been there in the fall when the colors are happening. Right now, like the greenery ain't popping yet. It's still gorgeous no matter what it is. It's great fishing. So uh, if anyone's asked me like, oh, if, if I were to you know, have, have a destination or anything, it's hard for me not to recommend Lake Caddo uh, down, there, down there in East Texas right now. Um, I, it, it, again, fishing scenery, wildlife, uh, Cajun food. I like to get in the mix of my Cajun <laughs> food. Oh, down there. yes. Uh, man, that, that's just hard to beat. Like, as soon as I left, I was already, you know, thinking about, man, when can I come here next? I mean, it's just <laughs> to come back down here. So uh, heading down to the swamps, that or Sandy Cooper, uh, I think as kayak anglers, um, any of these cypress swamps uh, uh, allow you to explore some areas that the boats uh, – probably don't get to or if they do get to they're too noisy therefore disturbing the stuff so i, I think uh, our kayak community gets an extra special slice of the the cypress swamp so i could go a lot of different directions with that answer sean but i'm going to go with the cypress swamp that's what i'll, I'll go with cool that. well just looking at the bags that came out of that i uh that makes me want to go just all if that alone was the only thing only information i had I, I, i'd be you know booking a trip because man that there was a lot of Freaking big fish. Big huge ones there. There's people that travel to Lake Caddo from around the world for photography. Um, when we yes. were down there for the TOC back in November, uh, there were people that traveled from literally halfway around the world to have their wedding photos taken there. Oh, like, wow. Like, it, it's, it, it's no joke, man. Like, it, it's, it, but once you get there and see um, why people would travel there, you're like, oh, I, I get it. You know, I don't, I don't blame you for traveling or spending any amount of money for what you get for what your eyeballs get to intake there it's special cool. it's it's definitely on my bucket list to go there again because i was down there in um 20 was it 2018 or 2019 for the kbf national championship one of those i was there one of those two years yeah i think it was yeah it might have been 18 i, I just for I sure 18 remember. i'm pretty sure yeah 18 
Yeah. And so it was, uh, what, like March, I think, mm -hmm. or something like that. Really was, close was, to now, really close to the same time. Yes. Really good time. Yeah. And so, I mean, even then, like the just the trees and the scenery down there and then of course you know the fishing too but then like you know seeing how it could be you know in the later fall and whatnot like mm -hmm. i i definitely want to get down there during the fall time just to you know embrace the the beauty of it and the scenery of it it's, it's nothing better it's 10 out of a 10 man it, 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 that's the place <laughs> Maybe we need to talk to Brian about having the next uh, paddle and fin open. Dude, that'd be awesome. <laughs> Dude, it's a really good idea. Open up Bistano. That's a popular thing too. That that mm -hmm. lake's about an hour away. Uh, it, it, it's got its own vibe going, and it's great fishing too. So, yeah, I'm going to encourage anyone that's got a fishing idea for the Shreveport area. They're, they're on the right track, probably. Mm -hmm. Cool. That would save uh, Dudu a trip. Uh, or he, he <laughs> yeah, always... right. Has the longest drive out of all us hosts to get to Del Hollow. Yeah, so. And he doesn't, and the, too. Respect to that. Oh, my mm -hmm. gosh, he does. He he'll, he works all day and then drives. I'm like, I don't know how you do that, man. I'd be, I wouldn't make it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but uh, speaking of Dale Hollow, you know, uh, obviously, we're going to be heading down there pretty soon. And, uh, you know, uh, unfortunately, I know Adam's schedule didn't quite line up with it this year. So um, he... Uh, uh, when I talked to him about uh, maybe uh, coming on, he was like, well, you know what, you know, that might be a good opportunity for me to kind of speculate what I would do and kind of teach us how he would approach it, uh, you know, you know, and kind of help anybody who might be coming down to, uh, you know, do a little pre-fishing homework and uh, figure out some potential strategies. So, And especially for our, uh, our lady, um, Cheryl, who's going to be driving down, uh, well, either driving or flying, I don't think she decided yet, but she was our new championship winner who's, you know, getting her entry and stay covered because she was the winner of that. And so she was asking me uh, this past weekend, she's like, I don't even know where to start. And I'm just like, well, we're going to have Adam Reiser on our next podcast. So that'll definitely be a good episode for you to listen to. So, <laughs> you know, she's from Maine, you know, and it's, it's a long haul for her. She's never been to Dale Hollow. So, you know, kind of gearing this towards, okay, you've never been to Dale Hollow. And you, then you look at it on a map and then you're like, holy crap, what do I do? <laughs> yeah, it, and it's, it's a, it's a tough lake to break down. It's it's I, I, I categorize it more the more difficult lakes, especially your first time or time or two there. But there's not a person that I know that uh, once they give it a couple tries, even if they have a couple uh, tough goes at it, um, once they unlock it that one time or they run to that one like wolf pack of smallmouth or they get that PB smallmouth out of there, then it's addicting. Then you want to go over and over and you're like, I you know, the, the, I know that there's a, a bite to be unraveled here and uh, that that place has got them. So uh, there's an allure to it. I mean, look, it's a world record lake. You can't say yes. that about hardly any places, right? Um, yeah. Now, will there be another world record coming out of there? Personally, I don't think there will be, but uh, it's still loaded with big fish, uh, brown fish, green fish. Um, other species are really healthy there, too. Uh, it, it's another destination lake. It, it's a place you want to be. Um, if you want, I'll go ahead and jump into kind of maybe how I'd break some stuff down or some considerations for uh, any any audience or anyone that's uh, thinking about going, doing this trip or uh, really any future ones too. But uh, uh, we'll we'll talk in the mindset of people coming down for this paddle and fin event, um, mm -hmm. which on the calendar, it's about as good of a, a calendar date as you can pick out of the whole year. Personally, um, springtime, you never know what kind of weather you're going to get. So yeah, you could get some kind of crazy thunderstorm the, the day before or a, a front that is uh, commonplace. But in general, if, if you're, you're playing your odds good, um, those dates are about as good. Where are the exact dates again? Just so I can. So April 22nd and 23rd. Okay. That's where I thought it was. Um, man, instead of, instead of jumping right into the 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 lake itself um let's break it down for the different type of uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna break it down into two kind, kinds of anglers or uh that approach if you're comfortable with shallower water and you like fish in the bank um i would say stay towards uh up the rivers and uh on uh, more toward the east end of the lake and then those of you that want to lean on your electronics especially those that have the forward facing capabilities you're going to want to go close to the dam. Any of the, the number of creeks or areas out in the main lake there, 
close to the dam. Uh, this is this is going to be a tournament where, um, given the time of year, now if we we're in like dead of winter or something, I'd say like you want to go just lean on straight electronics. Um, but this is going to be one where guys that could have no electronics on the boat can go and just run shallow water and uh, find warmer water temperatures where those fish that want to move shallow are going to be there. And then the guy, guys that want to fish with the fish that maybe aren't wanting to go super shallow yet, uh, you can use some electronics down in some of the cleaner, clearer water down that way. So um, it's whatever you want to do. And if you talk to Richard, he'll tell you, just go fish straight out of the marina there at Eastport, which is not a bad idea because that's where you can just go and run the bank and fish shallower and uh, be in your comfort zone. So uh, even though it's an intimidating lake, don't be intimidated by it. Know that there's fish from end to end on that thing. Uh, you can you can catch them anywhere. Um, I think the scenery is probably a little bit better in that deeper, clearer stuff. Maybe that's half the reason why I, I've always fished there. It's a little closer to Nashville, too. Honestly, that's why I started fishing that end of the lake, because it was the closest to Nashville. So mm -hmm. when I wanted to start exploring that lake, I was like, well, I'm going to go. You know, it's a minimum of a two-hour drive from my from my old doorstep when I was really uh, fishing to hollow pretty hard. But um, don't be intimidated. If it's a Highland Reservoir, if those are out of your wheelhouse, don't worry about it. If you feel like you you can, uh, you know, there's a, the big topic in kayak fishing and bass fishing in general. If you ain't got the latest and greatest electronics, do you even got a chance? Absolutely, you do. Um, so don't don't be intimidated by any of that. But if you do have those things. Use them to your advantage or spend some time and try to get cozy with them and uh, make them work on Del Hollow because it's a really good lake for it. Uh, do you guys happen to know what the moon phase is? I, I apologize. I got in here a little late and I meant to pull that up. If we can take a look at the moon phases, both the new and the full in the month of April, you combine you can find that information with what the water's doing if it's coming up or down and that's where uh, my mind goes to next so on saturday april 22nd we're going to be on a waxing crescent moon when's the full moon in april? uh the full moon before that will be wednesday april 5th when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And then the new moon is when? I know it'll be after the turn, but when is yep, that? Yep, the new moon is, actually, the new moon's April 19th, so just before. Okay, so in my opinion, that new moon, you can kind of treat it like a full moon. It's going to motivate those fish. It's going to make them want to uh, slide up and look for their spawning stuff. Um, so coming off of that moon by a couple days, and you'll land on that new moon during practice, then you can talk about water temperature. Are you going to have spawners? You know, when you get into that time of year down in this region, down in Tennessee, Kentucky, Alabama, uh, you get into the month of April, uh, you're, you need to be thinking about um, what's, what's the spawning uh, pattern and, and, and going on in, in your, your body of water. So uh, temperatures, you're just looking for your, your basic spawning temperatures, the shallower you go uh, and the more uh, south facing banks, they're going to be exposed to sunlight. They're going to warm up. Um, those are the kind of places I'm going to look for to start or at least go and look, okay, that, that you can find your warmest water by going there and go, okay, the, the late it gets this warm maximum. Now let's go see if there's activity elsewhere. Um, but the Del Hollow being, being a Highland Reservoir, they really fluctuate that water level in that place. It's not like mm -hmm. a lowland place where, uh, you know, six inches or a foot is a big deal. This is a place where uh, year to, you know, one season to the next, it can be 13 foot fluctuation. And it's been um, pretty drastic fluctuations the last several years. Um, that water I was going to say it, it looks, it, it's looked like a different place almost every time I've been there. Yes. Right. And, and it yes. has been the, like one year, the paddle and fin tournament, I won it sight fishing because it was like a, a foot or two or three flooded up into the woods. Yes. So you yeah, get that was our... back up in there and yeah. I was catching fish where 
you know, for probably the last couple of years has been, it's probably been dry land on those spots since mm-hmm. that tournament almost, maybe with a couple exceptions that I'm unaware of. But, um, and then you, you have another tournament where the water is, you know, negative six, negative seven foot below full pool. And, uh, you know, a lot of the targets that you caught fish on the, the spring before, again, clear out of the water. So, that's why I say like you can kind of make a good guess based based on the the temperatures, water temperature, air temperature, and the trends on that on what the fish are going to be doing. Um, but as far as where they're going to be doing it, that water level is going to really dictate stuff too. And uh, you know, if it's rising water, they're probably going to follow with it pretty good too. There's going to be a, a population of fish that'll, that'll go with it. But then if they're pulling water out and it maybe has been up for a while you got to find the next stopping point where those fish that were living up shallow want to kind of come back down to But sometimes in the spring, even if the water is falling, those fish can be so motivated by the moon and by the water temperatures that they'll still push shallow, even with some falling water. Um, so we'll just have to see uh, what the rain is coming up, leading up to that tournament mm-hmm. a, a couple weeks up to it. Uh, go look, just, you can literally just Google Del Hollow water level um, and you'll get some stuff where you can use the TVA app. Um, sometimes they don't update those those numbers, um, but you can at least, I believe, find what Del Hollow's uh, full pool level is and find somewhere on the Internet what the current water level is and do that math. And so even if the chart, this will make sense once you look it up, even if the chart on the TVA app is uh, not showing or isn't accurate, you can still do some math and, and uh, before you even leave your doorstep know the lake's down negative six negative eight or plus two whatever it is i haven't checked i've been gone fishing other places lately but um those are those are where i go to next in my mind as far as my considerations on uh what mood the lake might be in Mm -hmm. so when it comes to you know fish spawning and temperatures what is usually the range of temperatures that those fish are gonna start spawning Mm-hmm. Region by region, that's going to change a little bit. So we'll talk more of like the, you know, the Tennessee region. Uh, I feel like usually about 58. And of course, there's always exceptions on, on the extremes here, hot and cold. Uh, but usually 58 to 62. So you might as well just call it 60. Um, that's, that's, that's when uh, your first wave of the spring will go up. And who knows? There may already be a wave that if there's a warm enough trend, uh, during that April 5th moon or whatever we said it was, uh, that could be the first wave of spawners going up then. And the second wave could be the, the, the new moon fish, um, for the tournament. Um, mm-hmm. or, you know, you, you just never know if you get a massive cold front, those fish are going to hit the pause button and, and, and stay in pre-spawn mode and stay in those areas. But, uh, like I said, you get warming trends, both in, uh, water and air temperature, and it's all going the right direction. Then, those fish are going to go shallow. They're, they're going to look to uh, try to spawn wherever it is or however it is that year. Awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the water level right now. It says it's seven feet below full pool. That sounds right. So I, I believe that. And I'll tell you all this. I, I, I've i been on the road uh, for turns the last few days, but I've been trying to loosely keep up with some uh, Del Hall fishing reports. And by everything I can understand, it sounds like it's about as good of a fishing as you could possibly ask for right now, um, especially the smallmouth. Uh, I've had I've had uh, clients this week um, that did trips with me uh, a few weeks ago, a couple months ago, um, getting uh, clearing 90 inches, no problem out of the kayak, catching PB smallmouth, clearing oh. 20 inches, clearing 21 inch smallmouth. Um, all the boat tournaments that uh, uh, I've, I've heard from boat tournament guys that uh, they're catching. So an over smallmouth on Del Hollow Lake is over 21 inches. Um, I forget what the exact slot limit is, maybe 17 to uh, 21. But anyway, if you're in a bass boat tournament there, you don't you basically can't target smallmouth because you can catch a five pound 20 and a half incher but that you're not allowed to box that. Thing. That's right. Um, yep. And in the, it sounds like the last uh, few tournaments that they've had bass boat tournaments, guys are able to box smallmouth. Why? Because they're bigger than 21 inches. Wow. Um, so <laughs> big ones are getting caught. That's good news. No surprise, but conditions are looking good. Whereas like, you know, last spring during some tournaments we had, it felt like spring was just really delayed and really late. And we were fishing winter patterns in the month of April. So yeah. the fact that like Richard was saying, if you're already running into some uh, 
some some spring conditions this early on. And I don't know about y'all. We got trees blooming down here. That I, this is the earliest spring that I've seen in my in my uh, limited fishing history knowledge when I actually wow. pay attention to all that kind of stuff. Um, that being said, literally after tonight, we're getting a big cold front coming through. Yeah. We're the, you know, the icy stuff. So it's like they call it that fall spring a little bit. Um, but there, without a doubt, reports on Tennessee right now. I don't got it for Del Hollow, but I know like Chickamauga, supposedly there's beds. Gunnersville's had beds. This is early. Like we're hitting a lot of stuff early. Wow. Um, now there's still there's still a big wave of fish regionally that are on their normal schedule pretty much, but. Uh, there's definitely a, a, a wave of fish that uh, have gotten to get the green light a little earlier than normal. So uh, mm -hmm. that's one thing. But fish reports from Del Hollow right now, sounds like it, it don't get any better. Nice. So just random question. I don't know if sure. you know this either. But uh, so, you know, let's say fish have come up and they've spawned. And let's say there's a really nasty cold front that comes in and kind of lingers for a couple weeks. And, you know, those water temperature drops, does that like affect how they're, if they're going to stay on their beds, like the survival rate, just if you even know that? In my, this is more my opinion with a little bit of science mixed in, um, but more uh, observation and uh, bouncing talk off of my buddies and everything. Cause all we do is talk about fishing and, and what we see and experience out there. Um the so the male bass and the female bass uh the, the male bass will spend way more time up on that bed than the female generally he'll go up first uh get it all ready the female come up do her thing i feel like females don't stay up longer than just a couple days um some of them less than a day but i just feel like a couple days is about average and then they're gone and then that male may linger around uh for a few for several days as long as a couple weeks sometimes so uh, you got way more of a chance of sliding up on a, a, a bed or a potential bed and catching that buck bass than you do the female. Um, that's why if you're practicing or like, you know, I, I've been down in Florida and Texas, Louisiana the last few weeks, and we've been post-spawn or very much in the middle of the spawn. So I've been around that right now. So that's kind of where my mind is in fishing. I got, it's, it'll be, it'd be tough. I got to go to Chickamauga here in a couple of days for a tournament. It's going to be weird going into pre-spawn mode. Where I've been <laughs> doing all this post-spawn stuff, but uh yeah, the, if a front comes through, um, it, it'll probably not like a cold front comes through. It may knock the female off the bed, um, whether she's dropped her eggs or not. Um, they'll they'll probably be fine. It's only when you, you when you pull water out and that nest is now on dry land. Mm -hmm. That's kind of like the the death sentence, I, I suppose, of the nest. But uh, other than that, the, even if the bass like vacate the bed during a, like a super cold front um i imagine the bluegill and other stuff that may be the pest of the nest uh, may abandon it too but uh by and large your, your, your buck's going to be up there the longest the female's going to be up there for uh, just a brief window of time but that's how you know where they're on the schedule if you're running the females or you're running into just the bucks you know maybe the females are on the way or maybe they already left so mm -hmm. uh, if you kind of know that the, the the fish by and large are going to go by a certain schedule you you can fill them out and that's how we've been filling them out for these tournaments to even if you're just in one bay or one cove or one area you're like man i'm catching all bucks here and no females and it looks like it, they've already done their thing so maybe i need to be looking where they leave the next stop to. on the road right yeah which mm -hmm. is and a lot of times it's the same stop where they came in on too so right uh, if it's springtime i like starting at the extreme back and then working my way out because i can usually find something there okay it's a good and, uh, method. <laughs> and I know um, uh, one of the last times we had you on uh, it was after you had uh, done pretty well in, in our tournament when a lot of people had struggled. Um, now it was a little bit rougher fishing that year. And uh, we talked to you about long lining, if you remember. And, um, you know, that was uh, kind of what you had done. And uh, but I imagine that that's probably more not probably not your go to uh, technique. That's more of a hey, it's rough fishing, that's what I'm going to try kind of thing, right? I've got th that long line link thing has definitely um, won me some pay spots in a handful of Del Hollow tournaments, but that's a that's a specific school of fish. Um, one day they wanted one method. You know, you see me use that ice rod out there, Demiki rigging on them. Like one day they want that, another day they want the crankbait. Uh, so it, it just changes. Don't get too caught up in that long line and thing. It's, it's actually a pain to do. 
Um, <laughs> I, I, do, I do not enjoy doing it. I enjoy catching fish and I enjoy getting paid to catch fish, but uh, long lining is not fun. It's, it's a hassle um, and, and it's a unique thing. It's a specialty thing, but uh, no, that was more just a group of fish that, but that group of fish has been there for like the last three or four winters ever since I found them in that, that same spot. Um, but what's crazy is that, that and those are all large mouth that, that uh, I got, you know, people go to Delha for the small mouth, but they got some really good large mouth in there too. Yeah. Um, I got my uh, PB small or uh, tied my PB large right. mouth last, last year. So, and that was on a crankbait. So that's yeah. right. And wasn't you know, a Brent, long lining, but <laughs> Brent Anderson, uh, a big time Tennessee bass boat angler here. He caught like, a, a, a bass that was right at 10 or like a fraction of an ounce under 10 pounds there last year, a large oh. mouth in a tournament. Wow. Uh, which, oh, yeah, my eyes got big on that. Cause I was like, <laughs> I didn't realize they, yeah, they got that big in there. That's awesome. <laughs> that um, is awesome. Heck so, yeah. Yeah. Both species are good, but what, you know, I'm super curious to see if Del Hollow is going to become a new lake to me because I've done one guide trip there since I've had live scope. Live scope is a relatively new thing on my mm -hmm. setup and I had my mind blown. Um, no joke. I had my mind blown. I caught my own personal PB smallmouth on my first cast of a smallmouth with live scope. Uh, it's, I, I put a client on some fish there using it. Uh, and, you know, I knew it was the thing there you know, it has been for the last few years in the tournaments. If you, if you look at the big boat tournaments, but it's making me wonder, am I ever going to touch a large mouth there again? If, uh, this, if those small mouth are eating on the scope like that, but I got so much to learn and so much like it, it's kind of fun because I get to restart my whole fishing learning thing again with this live scope technology. But, uh, that is the lake for it. If you got it and you're cozy with it, there's no better place to, to give that a whirl there, especially in this tournament coming up. So, Anyone who's got that, you may want to talk to them at the boat ramp and ask them what they find out there. I'd be curious to know too. Interesting. I haven't uh, dove down that rabbit hole just yet. I've got uh, a Lorance unit that's capable of the uh, forward-facing sonar. I just haven't, uh, you know, pulled the money trigger on that just yet. You know, I and mean, it is money, man. It ain't cheap. Ooh, yeah, it's expensive as just the 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 uh, screen itself. <laughs> so. Yes, it is. I had to wait till like everything went on the mega sales during Black Friday, mm. and was still spending a big chunk of change for yeah. it. But my limited yeah. time with it so far, it, it it's fun. It's not the it's not the end of bass fishing. It's not the make you a hero out of nowhere. I, I've still gone out and used it days and not caught a single fish with it. So, uh, it, it but it, it's, it opens up a whole new chapter to learn stuff about bass fishing. And, uh, one of my favorite parts about fishing is just the learning part. So, uh, it, it, I'm excited to really dive yeah. into it. Definitely. Um, so I know, um, kind of sort of myself included because I'm not, all that familiar with it, but I know some people are going to ask, what the heck is long lining? <laughs> yeah, good. No, that's a very fair question because it's not a common thing. So you have deep cranking, um, which simply you just huck a, a big old crankbait out there that's a deep diver and you wind it down as deep as it'll go. Well, in my opinion, especially with most deep crankbaits, you make a long cast, the first third of the retrieve, it's getting down the second third of the retrieve, it's digging in the zone. And then the last third of the retrieve, it's coming back up at you. Oh and so if you've got, you know, if you've really got to get a crankbait deep or you need it to stay in the zone, one of the two, or maybe both, um, the only way to do it is to just have it stay in that, that second part that are, that are referred to as long as possible, which is you, you, you basically just let out a ton of line. Now you can, the way I'll do it in the kayak, I'll cast out, uh, when I first do it, I was in a bonafide, so I'm paddling, so I cast out. I would paddle away from my lure um, with my, my spool open or my bail open, however you want to call it, um, and let out at least another cast, or a long cast length of line out. So I've got basically two cast lengths worth of line out. So you got to have the, the right rod and the, enough you know, line on your spool to be able to do that. And then you start, uh, once you got that line out, then you start winding it down. And uh, what that'll do is it'll just extend the depth of that, whatever that crankbait uh, is rated for on its diving depth. And then it'll stay in that diving zone longer. But 
you just had to burn a lot more calories just to make one <laughs> cast and eat a lot, eat up a lot more time um, just to do that. And uh, not to anyone's surprise, but if you, if you put a deep diving crate bait down there on the bottom of the lake, you're going to get snagged up too. So, you know, you're sacrificing times where you got to go break out the plug knocker and get your crate bait back. And you're lucky if that even happens. And so you're, it's, it's a sacrifice. Uh, you're sacrificing a lot doing that technique. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're getting your lure in front of fish that don't see a crankbait in that depth ever, that, that can that can make the difference, and that's that's what it was for me. Nice. But yeah, long long lining. It's a, yeah. I would implement it way more. Uh, you know, your 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 summertime ledges, month of June down here in the south. That's that's way more. You know, when you got to get it to that like twenty five depth or, or or thirty foot depth, like that's when you want to um, utilize something like that. But that's where those fish go post spawn. They'll, they'll go deep like that. So it's more of a summertime thing, I would say. I happen mm-hmm. to use it in the wintertime, but Del Hollow, you can uh, you can put an asterisk by that lake because you can do some weird <laughs> stuff on that lake. <laughs> awesome. I know we were we were talking about Rich, with Richard too about that a little bit last week, and that you know there really is you know, almost any angler can find their strength there somewhere. Like it, like you said, you said, you know, if you're, if you're more comfortable offshore deep, you know, you know, uh, there's definitely areas for that. But if you're a shallow water angler, you know, you can find that there's the, you know, pick your type of cover that you like, you can probably find it somewhere on that lake. So, um, uh, that's, and that's the truth. And like I said, out if, if we weren't in the springtime, I would say that, man, if you're just trying to run the bank like you're you're probably not going to run into as many fish but the fish are going shallow in the spring so if you if you just run the bank or stay shallow and do that way in my opinion you're just fine too i'd be curious to know if you'd run into more smallmouth or largemouth because i really don't fish like the the east side of the lake much at all and haven't much um and i know there's incredible fishing over there i just it's a big place and i've still got plenty to learn and i'm still always checking on familiar stuff uh on the deep end of the lake where I tend to stay, but the whole place has got them, you know? Well, I know last year, if it, it well, and last year we were there later, but, uh, I definitely ran into more largemouth in, uh, in the shallow stuff, but, uh, um, I definitely didn't see as many smallmouth. not that, uh, there's not, certain I, places, there's certain creeks on Del Hollow that just tend to hold a, a few more largemouth. Um, and I've run into largemouth on that lake where I wasn't expecting to as well, like groups of them, you know? Um, so they're in there. It's just a really healthy place. Um, the, the, the life in there, all, all the, the bass are healthy. One of my favorite things about it is that you don't run into much bycatch. It's not like you go to uh, other places like, oh man, every other fish is a drum or, or has stripes or has stripes on its sides. Um, I am very, uh, I have tunnel vision when it comes to fishing. I only care about largemouth, smallmouth and, and spotted bass. I don't, I hate stripers. I hate drum. I hate everything. Like I don't care about crop. Um, I'm not saying I'm wise for that. I'm saying like, I just, I I don't like anything except for bass. Um, I don't even like hunting or anything. I just only care about bass. And so Del Hall is great because anything I mark on my graph or anything I catch, it's almost always a bass and that's, and it's hard to find a place like that. And if I do catch something that ain't a bass there, it's a walleye and walleye are the most Mm. delicious things swimming in there. so maybe maybe yeah maybe bring like a pan or propane thing and some seasoning with you because you start getting in the walleye you better call your buddy up and have a a little shore lunch down there um but that may be my one exception but then again it's on my favorite lake del hollow so that's like uh me and catfish on the river i i'm like every time i hook into something huge i'm like all right it's a huge bass this is awesome and then it comes up and i'm like ah I tell my clients, I'm like, uh, Del Hollow graphs more true than any lake. And what I mean by that is you can go on Tennessee River and Tennessee River has, you know, you can run into a, a, a school of 100 drum or 100 some other type of fish out there. So, Jeez. And a lot of those look the same size as big old bass. And so you'd be looking down and you're, man, I don't know if I'm on the, the mother load of bass <laughs> or if I'm on the, the mother load of junk fish out here. <laughs> you know, Del Hollow, like if you see, if you see a, a whole a big group of them, they probably the right ones. Um, so it's a good one to learn. It's why uh, uh, the majority of my um, guide trips are electronics lessons on Del Hollow. That, that seems to make up uh, majority of my work these days out there. Cool. Nice. 
So now <clears throat> we've talked about, you know, kind of breaking things down a little bit. Um, you know, let's talk about maybe like specific techniques and baits and stuff you would be trying, you know, whether it be uh, going from shallow or just to deep or whatnot. Man, if y'all, if you get some warm weather, don't be afraid to try top water or have one on. There's not a specific one. You know, if you want to put a, a bait up by a target or maybe a piece of wood in the water, a popper's good up there. Uh, putting, you know, putting a walking bait on, on a point would be good. Um, and this is a, you know, warm trend or like we're for sure into a warmer spring uh, consideration here. Um, jerk baits are always good, especially in that clear water. Mm -hmm. Jerk bait anywhere, so you know it's hard to say. Uh, uh, I feel like everyone should have a jerk bait tied on. Um, all your soft plastic guys, your Ned Riggers, your drop shotters, your shaky head guys, all that stuff's going to be really good. That's those are those going to be winning techniques right there. Um, terms get one on just Ned rigs out there. So if you if you're a slow and low and you like to keep it simple and and just drag something on the bottom. Um, don't be afraid to do that at all. Uh, and normally I, you know, I tell people you want to try to do it deeper on Del Hollow, but again, you may, you can do that stuff shallower, uh, perhaps this time. So now don't be afraid to fish deep year round on, on Del Hollow. Uh, it's a place where you can catch them, uh, year round every single day of the year. Uh, but don't be afraid just to throw your plastics up shallow, whatever you like, uh, just green pumpkin it's probably going to be clear water unless you get a blowout rain or something like that let's talk about that if you get a blowout rain back there uh pick up that spinner bait I'll, I'll just go ahead and get that one out there but that ain't no secret to anyone there's nothing grab that spinner bait let's say you had a bunch of rain leading up to the tournament and there's still some water blowing it's a super typical tennessee thing here you go find that water flowing in the back of that pocket where it's coming in that's that you just throw that spinner bait around don't worry if it's colored up and even if it is colored up you can just throw a louder color uh spinner bait or throw a bigger thumping spinner bait um that's fun because normally you don't get to do a whole lot of like spinner baiting on del hollow but if you get some rain and some color in the water that's that's a tried and true technique um if the water cools down probably just your a rigs and your jerk baits um reaction baits crank baits for sure um uh, whether you want to do the square bowl thing up shallow, that'd probably be a more of a warmer trend. But if, you, if, if it is a little bit of a cold snap or something, um, you, you may want to try to crank in that, that five plus depth and uh, closer, probably that 10, 10, 12 foot depth or something right there. Sounds really good. Uh, that may be deep to some people, but that's, that's kind of a mid depth on Del Hollow. Um, so yeah, if it, I would say if it got cold, break out them treble hook baits, those hard baits. And then, uh, if you're on a warm trend, don't be afraid to soak a soft plastic up where you think there might be a fish spawning or something like that. But those are those those are pretty good just rule of thumbs to go into this tournament with and have some top water on if it gets warm too. That can be, I mean, you catch them, but that's just fun. Oh yeah, <laughs> they can <laughs> see that clear, that. That clear water. They can see it, so they'll come at they'll chase it a good bit too out there. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So um, I was just trying to think of. I know uh, the very first fish I caught down there was uh, on top water, and uh, uh, Jimmy Skinner, one of our hosts, was right next to me, and he's like, "I was like, I just saw a fish jump over there." He's like, "Well, throw this at it," and he handed me a rod with a a, a spook on it, I think, and uh, uh, I cast over there, and as soon as it hit the water, bam, you know, hit it up, and I jerked so hard I sent the fish flying, and then the the spook right back at Jimmy. He's like, "Whoa!" So, um, Jimmy I was still, I was still new at that time. So Jimmy forgave me, but, uh, you know, definitely a, a, a fun experience. And, and, um, that's why I, I did try it a little bit when we were down there, uh, in the fall, but it didn't, uh, was, I think the water was a little chilly then at that point for top It can off. be, I've been surprised at how late in the season they'll eat the smallmouth down there. They'll eat it, uh, pretty late into the winter down there. Um, whopper plopper. That's another one too. If you just want to burn the bank, um, <laughs> Are y'all allowing motors in this one? Yes. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, man, if you got a motor and you can kind of like just put that on like trolling motor speed, you can just burn the bank with a, a whopper plopper and do it. Maybe have a tournament strategy where you just make a million casts with a whopper plopper and you may not get as many bites, but just covering water like that. If you get the five right bites, then that's, that's, a, that's a way to do it. That could be a fun way to do it, too. Right. 
Um, I was going to ask, you know, when it comes to like throwing crankbaits or uh, and jerk baits and whatnot, um, are you kind of focusing on certain areas such as like points, drop-offs, uh, vegetative areas, that those types of things? Good question. Uh, there's no shortage of points, um, both main points and secondary points on Del Hollow, um, where if you go to a neighboring lake like Center Hill, it's a long way between a lot of those points there, um, almost where it's a pain to, to do it if you're in a kayak. Whereas Del Hollow, you can just run, you can kind of pick any creek and you're probably going to have a number of secondary points and, and main mm -hmm. points. And they're all good. Those are all, you know, any twists and turns are, are, are good areas. Um, so you, you, you can keep it simple and not over, excuse me, and not overthink that and just run those secondary things and not worry about the in-between stuff. And you'd be just fine to be doing that. Um, as far as what you're talking about for, especially people that haven't been to Del Hollow, uh, overwhelmingly rock, multiple times of, of rock and sediment, uh, you know, chunk rock, slate rock, table rock, gravel, uh, boulder stuff. It's got it all. Um, so you can kind of find, and sometimes they'll be on one thing or the other. Uh, I've even been surprised and found them on the absence of that, just on like mud stuff sometimes, which that, that's a little counterintuitive, but uh the, i can think of one day last year where i went out with a buddy and we were like where are these fish and we went over to that mud flat and we caught multiple species over there uh, on a mud flat too so uh lots of different rock there is grass in doe hollow i was very surprised when i started on that lake there's hydrilla there's uh, multiple types of grass in there um and it does grow year round it does not grow everywhere year round and it does not grow fully grown year round but there is grass in there all year um, I will not say where it is. Uh, gra gra grass is a valuable possession on that lake, and every every <laughs> angler uh, knows that um, once you find some, you drop a waypoint, uh, and whether it's there or not next year, um, at least you know that it likes to grow there. It, the grass grows on Del Hollow, completely dependent on the water level because it's light penetration. You know, if the water's mm -hmm. um, uh, down, or if the water's down and grass is growing and then they bring the water up that grass will probably die because it doesn't have the light penetration um and so that, that that's kind of your basis that's why i say look at your water level and you can probably make a good guess as to how the grass has grown over the course of several weeks or or, or months as you're coming into warm season um it's different every year though i, I haven't seen uh, the same grass growth uh in the same height in the same exact same areas year after year um, but if you can find grass and find a good bit of it on Del Hollow, there are fish around. That, that's a guarantee. And it grows deep, too. It's not just like on the bank. Like you got to look for it. You got to use your electronics a little bit for the most part. Or maybe you pull up your lure and you're like, oh, look at that. That's a crispy piece of lettuce on the end of my lure. And make a note of that. It's a big deal. Uh, it, it's a big part of uh, tournaments out there. It's not the end all be all. And it's not what you got to uh, do every time out there. But. Uh, it's a big deal. And if you're struggling to find a bite, but know where grass is, you might as well stick around that grass. It's a good idea. Hmm. Definitely good tips. Heck yeah. <laughs> so, all right, man. Well, um, I wanted to, you know, just uh, talk to you a little bit about what your upcoming season looks like, you know, what you have plans for this year and, uh, you know, where all you're headed and what, what you hope to fish and then, you know, where we can kind of follow along with that. You know, I'm, I'm more excited about this season than I have been for any season for a few different reasons, kind of a two-part reason. One, I finally got my kayak set up how I want to. Uh, and what I mean by that is I'm in the kayak I want to be in. I'm in, I'm in a Hobie PA, a 360-12. I'm, I'm in a PA-12. Um, I like the I, 12. I, I, I intentionally picked the 12 over the 14. It's just a little bit less uh, room in my truck, and um, I can meander through some tight quarters uh i use it to my advantage um there's things that i do appreciate about a 14 but 12 is more for me um but i have slapped the the newport 180 on there and i've got live scope. <laughs> and both those things have been on my list for a long while now as far as what i knew i needed and wanted to add to that especially uh when I, when i when i get beat a few times in some tournaments here and i know like man that one tool was it was something that I really could have used. So I feel like I'm more equipped than I have been in years past. So hopefully I'm putting the fear in my uh, 
competitor's hearts right now, letting them know that I'm coming. <laughs> back. I've, been, I've been trying to talk a little trash to him, but I'm, I got live scope. Y'all better be, y'all better be worried. Um, He's dangerous but, now. And and, the, and schedule wise, like Hobie BOS series is the one that I always look at first, and I, I build my schedule around that one, and and trying to make the TOC. That's goal number one, and everything else kind of gets formed around that. Um, and the the Hobie. BOS schedule this year is my favorite schedule so far where it's really uh cypher swamp heavy. It's very, uh, I call it Bubba fishing where we're, you're in a fishery where they have like really big fish, like, like not Dardanelle, not table rock. These are good places, but I'm talking like where you run into a double digit. If you get lucky, yes. and you're like big, big fish, you know, I'll like chasing those like XL size fish. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, so I, my spring so far has been a, a, a week of fun fishing on the Kissimmee chain down in Florida, uh, a week on the Harris chain for the Hobie BOS, which I was able to get third place there. That secured me my TOC spot for this year, which is one of the biggest say, goals. Yeah, you did really good. Che- awesome to knock that. that out right off the bat. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it's it's great. It means that I can cherry pick my tournament schedule for the rest yeah. of the year in a big way. And then, you know, sets me up for a possible AOI push. Um, I came home for a couple days after Florida. I did. Uh, a regional event at Chickamauga. I blanked and got off the water early. That's how awful that one was for Aww. me. Uh, I, I don't care. I, I was just kind of going out there to practice for the upcoming one here in a couple of days. We got the, uh, the the Bassmaster Kayak Championship there that's kind yes. of coinciding with uh, the, the, the Bassmaster Classic festivities there. Um, but I got that one coming up. I uh, just got back from Cata that we discussed uh, at the beginning here. That was a very fun one. And another, you know, spawn based tournament. Uh, let's see. So Chickamauga this week, I go straight from Chickamauga to Sandy Cooper, South Carolina for a Hobie BOS. That's one of my favorite places too. giant fish there. I've had good history there. Really looking forward to that one. Um, I think the next one after that might be the Bass Nation Hartwell, Lake Hartwell in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Big deep clear water place. It's got giant uh, large mouth and big spots. So it's kind of whatever your comfort zone is, that place has got them. But I've, I've been there once and I was a big fan of that one. Um, I think that maybe I feel like I'm forgetting one, but that may be it for my spring. And I'm going to take most of the summer off. I'm going to go and do the Hobie BOS at lacrosse in August. Uh-huh. So most of May, most of May, June, July, uh, I'm not going to fish. I'm going to take a break from tournaments. Um, and if I am going to fish, I'm probably just going to be teaching myself live scope or doing some guide trips. Mm-hmm. Um, now I'll do lacrosse, uh, which, which is a good, uh, get away from the dog days of summer and, uh, perfect time to be up north in my opinion. And I'm a big fan mm-hmm. of that area too. Probably, if we, I'm going to see if I can talk to some uh, friends into maybe going over to the Mille Lacs for some fun fishing or some oh, other yeah. Minnesota waters, just some some sneaky uh, smallmouth stuff up there that uh, people don't know about. Um, and then after that, uh, I think it's just waiting on TOC. I may go down to Sam Rayburn in September for the other Hobie series there, but um, I think that's it. There's some really good Bassmaster events. Of course, we're so lucky to have Steve Owens like running the Bassmaster side of things on the kayak world right now. And so all those events are going to be bangers this year. And I think we're going to have good attendance. Um, I'm uh, going to attend my first one this year. You should. You should. They're all, I mean, so far they've been really good. Um, Yeah, I'm doing the the Possum Kingdom one. That one's oh that see that's gonna hurt me that I'm not at that one because ever all the chatter, especially from my Texas friends, are saying that that one's gonna be a really good one. So oh, I hope so. Like I've already got my Airbnb booked. I got my time off. I just you know gotta look Texas. Like I'm learning now that I've been there a handful of times. Texas is you can make a strong argument that that's the best capital. Right. It, it, every almost every lake I, I go to there, I'm like, wow, y'all are spoiled, man. Y'all got it. <laughs> y'all can catch big ones almost at will. It seems like compared to you know here, you, you get excited about a five pounder on a lot of the fisheries around here, which is still a, still a fun fish. But Texas, they you know they don't bad nigh to seven or eight pounder. It seems like yeah, yeah. So PK will be fun. That's a good one. I, I'll I'll be uh, watching that one. Probably wishing I was there. <laughs> nice. Cool. That sounds like a, a fun schedule. Uh, you know, definitely wish you all luck. We'll be happy to see. Hopefully, uh, 
we'll have you on the reel down, you know, for at least uh, yeah. one of those tournaments. And uh, I like it. Yeah. yeah. So um, I wanted to give you a chance also to shout out uh, where folks can follow along with you on social media and also uh, any sponsors that you wanted to, to, uh, you know, cover too. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, so on the social media, it's just Adam Riser Fishing, A-D-A-M-R-I-S-E-R Fishing, uh, Instagram, Facebook. Feel free to reach out if you got any inquiries about guide trip stuff there. That's how I don't have a website or anything, so you just holler at me and I'll t- we'll talk out details or rates or whatever. Um, as far as sponsor stuff, I'll just touch on more of the uh, more timely and relevant things. One of them, Dugout Bait and Tackle, Marietta, Georgia. They're my shop sponsor. Uh, they got kind of anything and everything there. It's all encompassing, but um, they they have really just set the standard as far as the best rigging uh, that you'll find in the kayak industry. All the the, the top kayakers that are uh, getting their their rigs set up for the beginning of the year seems like they all run through dugout, and it's such a popular thing. You got to make appointments. You can't just walk in there and be like, "Hey, Mr. <laughs> Jamie Coza, can can you rig this up?" No, you got to call and probably make it out to uh, make it pretty in advance most times. But the, the good news is that they do it better. There's a lot of innovation going on there down there too. Um, so it's not just the same stuff that you see on any YouTube video or stuff as good or as helpful as that may be. Um, there's a lot of wizardry going on down there. So uh, it's really cool to see and a good environment and then everything else you need down there, latest, greatest, it's all, it's all there. There's a reason why you, you see the dugout bait and tackle all over the place in, mm-hmm. in our kayak world. Um, I, I'm really excited about Yak Attack this year because in the last, at, at the end of last year and then now this year, they are finally hitting some home runs with some overdue products that I, I've been uh, newer in the works for a while, but are out there. So they came out with uh, three different size black packs last year. They're all great. I literally use all three of them. Um, I can't find anything wrong with it yet. And I have plenty of qualms with the old one. So I'm, I'm being honest when I say that new one really is like uh, an impressive feat for them. Um, let's see. They got, they got uh, the new Hobie HRL. Uh, I'm, I'm blanking on the name of it right now, but that's going to be a big deal. You're going to have uh, retailers just having trouble keeping those in stock because everyone wants uh, 10 or 12 of those to line their HRLs with. Uh, so that's exciting. Uh, Yak Attack's got a, a two different um, carts coming out to, uh, mm-hmm. to cart around your kayak, and uh, both of them have uh, specific features and purposes and are, are filling a lot of uh, voids in, in the market for uh, what's needed there. So that's exciting. Um, so seeing Yak Attack come out strong, uh, in addition to them already being a staple in our industry, that's that's been really cool. And uh, it's it's been helpful and exciting to use those products this season so far. Like you can tell by talking to me tonight, man. I'm excited about my setup and and uh, how it's been. And it's all because of this culmination of, of teamwork between the sponsors. Dakota Lithium, uh, they are making a name in a big way in the fishing and outdoor industry uh, that – I'm into supporting brands. Um, I mean, if your product works, it works. It's a battery, man. You plug it in. Is it, is it, does your stuff turn on? Does it last? Yeah, that, let's be honest. That's all we care about, right? If, if it works and it powers our stuff, that's about all we need out of the battery. But it's a brand that supports the the, uh, the community and our industry and what we're about and, and supports the anglers. Um, so that's why that's an easy one to, to go to with that. Um, Rogue Fishing. Rogue fishing, it got a lot of tether accessories, be it you're dragging your kayak around or the most important thing, keeping that, that phone tethered up. They've got some new stuff coming too. Uh, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't know if I have the privilege to say enough yet, but there's some really exciting stuff. And for, again, what might be on the surface is simple products. There's a lot of clever innovation um, with that. That one I actually might know a little bit about because I got a sneak yeah. peek of uh, Words some of those out. products uh, when Ethan came and stayed at my house yeah. this summer. So. <laughs> Ethan's uh, an employee at Rogue and, uh, and a great angler in our community. So uh, talk to Ethan Jet. He'll, he can probably let you in on a few um, things that I'm probably not at liberty to <laughs> Uh, Can't spill beans just yet. It's just just been exciting having like, you know, my affiliates and and these companies that have, uh, that that I've been with for a while now, having new things and doing it the right way. And uh, it's, it's all getting proven out there in the water for me. It's, it it makes it fun to use it and allows me to go out there and just catch my fish how I want to. So uh, it's, it's fun and exciting to see where it's going with all that stuff. So I'm just excited, man. 
Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Excited for you. Well, uh, we'll be sorry to, to miss you down at uh, Dale Hollow, but, um, you know, here's to the next time we see you, you know, hopefully uh, won't be too long and uh, looking forward to maybe uh, sharing the water with you again sometime. So Yeah, it, it'll happen at some point, man. I always enjoy running the, the whole paddle and thin crew out there. So uh, I try to see y'all when I can, at least uh, some of the, the ones that live closer down here. But I know like a lot of that PA and Ohio crew, y'all make up a, a lot, a good chunk of that that group out there who knows maybe i'll be able to like sometimes i don't have as much work come sundays in the summertime so maybe it'll be a thing where i can like bust out there on a sunday and just hang out or something if it looks like it so uh it, i'll try but uh, everyone else should go it's del hollow you, you know <laughs> richard opened up that, that that primitive camping for free there there's uh plenty of room for that uh, y'all can ask other people i strung up my hammock there and just slept in my hammock there for that one tournament and it was great um so y'all gonna have fun y'all already know this y'all are a couple years into it richard's taking care of anyone as always so y'all gonna have fun that's right oh man well uh thanks again for coming on uh adam i appreciate it um definitely tons of great info for anybody looking to come down and fish with us um open invite you know make sure you're calling now uh check in with richard to you know you know, if you're looking to book a, a cabin or, or a, a houseboat, you know, those are available too. Um, but you want to call and book now. And then um, also remember that the camping is there for free. So, you know, it doesn't even have to be a budget breaker. Uh, yeah. I think that's a, a really good option too. So, and you know, the more the merrier, uh, it's going to be a fun time. It always is. So definitely, uh, I mean, both Susie and I love, have loved every moment of it pretty much. Uh, I, I really other than losing Brian's rod, that's the only thing I can think of. And that was my fault. <laughs> well, but, go uh, catch it again. You just got to go uh, to that spot. and get I know about it. where the spot was. And and the saddest <laughs> thing was that uh, Brad Hurlboss is there. And he had um, live scope last year. And he's like scoping around with his live scope. He's like, nope, I don't see it. It's gone. I'm like, ah. But uh, already been caught. And it was so funny, too, because we were in shallow water that whole day. And... Then we finally get back close to the ramp, and that was the deepest part, and that's where I dropped it. If, if I would have dropped it any other place, I could have got it back, but I had to drop it in the 40-foot section of the water. Of course. Of course. But all good, all good. Ancient past, you know, I, I you know, I definitely learned a lesson from that one. But uh again, uh Adam, thanks again so much, man. Uh wow. definitely yes, looking forward you. to 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 having you on again and uh, seeing you on the reel down, you know, I, I, I think that's going to happen. It sounds like, uh, you know, you got the, the, I mean, you were, you were already a beast to begin with. And, and when you, you, you know, level up all your equipment like that and you're on like a, a similar plane with everybody else, I think it's gonna, gonna be good things for you. So that and just, you know, being confident in what you have too, you know, I, I can relate to because, uh, this past, um, Saturday, uh, I put a Newport motor on mine too. And I've only touched the water once this year, um, before I had the motor put on it. So I'm, I'm gearing and ready to go. I'm like, all right, you know, I finally got this. Hopefully this will help me excel and just, oh yeah. I've had, I've had my motor for, I don't know, a month now. I think I've had it for about a month. I got, uh, Florida was the first time I used it and it's been four, like three or four years. I had a Torquedo for a brief, uh, period of time and i feel like an, it's like a, a new experience all over again as mm -hmm. far as what i can run and check out and that's just in the practices you know so you know in the tournaments where they allow the motors like sure it's, yep it's fun it's impressive i'm curious um how are you guys doing steering on uh, you both are rocking hobies so foot foot steering and foot. like where do you put that like do you have pegs added because there's no place, there's no pegs or anything in a hobby. This, this right? is going back to the Jamie Coza dugout uh, wizardry. He's got some setups there where you can still utilize your uh, uh, horizontal rod storage in the Hobies while he installs a, an aftermarket um, foot steering slide rail kit thing in there. Um, and so I steer with my feet, and I wouldn't do that any other way. That's the only way I care to steer. I'm, I only want a, a, a stern-mounted motor. Um, and foot steering is the only way I would even consider running a motor. Personal preference, but uh, yep, he, he's got a little way to do it down there. And uh, I believe Jamie said that uh, those new Yak Attack H Rail uh, accessories are going to make his foot steering setup even better. Um, because oh, when I told him that those were coming out and he saw those, 
he got excited because he already was, I could see the wheels were spinning in his head <laughs> as far as like, Ooh, I'm going to utilize these to, you know, make an even cleaner, slicker, like more, more, just a better setup. So. Uh, yeah, yeah, I might, uh, I might get swing. with you after the show here and ask you about that. Please. I hadn't even th thought about, you know, like the steering capability. I just got the motor. That was step one, you know? <laughs> sure. Sure. <laughs> cool. Awesome. Well, uh, thanks again um guys thanks for tuning in um check out the show notes i'll cover all of uh adam's sponsors um his uh, social media and stuff as well if you're looking uh for a guide obviously he definitely knows his way around dale hollow and i can't think of anybody better uh to show you the ropes down there and then um also we'll uh, put a few links to um i'll cover that uh put a link to the long lining episode we did before uh, if you want to check that out and uh, put maybe a link for the Dale Hollow water level and uh, some other information about Dale Hollow for anybody interested in checking that out. Uh, we'll get you guys all ready to come join us here on uh, the Paddle and Fin uh, Open and um, looking forward to seeing you guys there. So good deal. That's all right. All right, guys. Well, this has been another episode of Bass Fishing for Noobs here on the Paddle and Fin Podcast, where we bring you the techniques, the tricks and the tips to help you rip more lips. You guys have a good night.